Hi, I'm Joy. Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Girlish Gurus. And Susan, why are we here? We are here to start a conversation about female empowerment and the issues facing women our age at this time, and to have some fun along the way. So, let's get started. Okay. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Girlish Gurus. Hello, hello. Today, we are talking about an important topic that has affected quite a few of us out there, and that is divorce and moving forward after the event. Right. And so joining us today is one of my dearest friends, Vicki Young. She's gone through this and done so in what I would consider a very graceful and peaceful manner. I've known Vicki for over 30 years and have watched her throughout her life. I knew her before she was married, during the marriage, and then through the events of the divorce and since. So it's been interesting to see her transition through what can be a very difficult time. But Vicki's background, just to let you guys know, she grew up in Ohio. She had a career in the financial markets for many years. And like many of us, got burned out with the corporate life and decided to rethink that. So since she is currently a mother of two amazing young men, I can vouch for that, Connor and Dylan. She serves as the president of the board of the Media Public Library. She's an avid tennis player. She's a semi-avid golfer. And she's an actress. Mm -hmm. And as I said, she's one of my dearest friends. So, Vicki, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, gals. From my experience in watching you go through your divorce, you just handled it all so well. And I always admired that because I know it's not an easy thing to deal with, and especially when you have children. So where would you like to start as far as telling us what your experience has been like and what you might have learned from all of this? Right. And I think that is the struggle that probably most anyone who has had to deal with this, whether you're a male or a female, the, the mom or the dad, and I think the most important aspect of when I went through it, first of all, to even decide that you want to go through with it. I, I find when I've talked to some folks who are there are currently in a struggling relationship or have gone through it, they just didn't know how to start because it's very disruptive, right? And you, a lot of people get affected and they just don't know how to start. So that is where I found my support through someone like Sue and my friendships. I sought external help first, and that brought me to the realization that, you know, the cliche life's too short. But I, I wanted to do it in a peaceful way, in a graceful way that would not adversely affect my children. And this is what I always say to folks as well. As a couple, Matt and I brought these children in the world, and even if he and I cannot continue the partnership we still have a responsibility and obligation to raise your children in the best way that you still can so i would say that is the one thing both of us did as spectacularly well as we could have for instance we never used the divorce word when we talked to our children about now they were really young even to 
this day. My boys are in their 20s. We just say we're not together. The partnership didn't work. We never use the divorce word. And I think one of the most prolific things that we did for our children is we never used each other as a weapon against the other one, which is, you know, I, I don't want to put any blame or judgment on folks out there who are trying to work through this difficult time. But I, I think that's a very common tactic because you're hurting. And I understand that right. you're hurting and it's easy to use your children against each other. And you know what? Who does that affect? It affects your children the most. I mean, we're supposed to be the adults. So I would say that is one thing that really, if folks can get through that most difficult part in the beginning, I think that paves the way for better healing down the road. Vicki, can you maybe share with everybody how old the boys were when you were going through the beginning parts of this and the part where this all started? Because that would have been the big change for them in lifestyle. Yeah, right, Susan. You know, the boys were very young. My boys are only 19 months apart. So the younger one was only three. And I will tell you, even as a three-year-old, he had tantrums and his normal demeanor was not like that. So I know he, even as a three-year-old, could feel the effects of what we were going through. Mm-hmm. And I think we did an amazing job of protecting them as much as we could. And we didn't let our conflict try to get in the way with the children and their schooling and their friendships and their activities. But he felt it. So if you have sensitive children, which I know a lot of us do, are raising sensitive children, they're going to feel it. So that's just an, another reason number 64 to figure out how as you as the adult, for at least the benefit of your children and yourself and your even your ex-partner, how to work through it the best you can. Well, of course, every situation is different. Mm-hmm. And of course. there are different experiences for, in, for different situations all the way around. But I do think one consistent truth in family law generally is that children are far more sensitive than we may realize as we're going through it. My parents got divorced when I was eight, and I remember it, and it affected me. So I think in general, when you are changing the fundamental family structure and the environment that your children are growing up in, it's going to affect them. So I think the best you can do to minimize that, that's... Good for everybody, but especially good for the children. And when I would talk to friends or co-workers or whatnot who had been divorced or were going through the same thing, and they would, as people in transition often do, complain and bash the other person. And and you know what I would always say to them? I said, now, of course, it's people who have children. Do you love your children? And they would look at me like, well, of course they do. And I said, so those children are part you and part your partner. Those children would not be who they are right now without that partner. So let's try to find some sort of common ground. You know, when you hear psychology with conflict resolution, right? We are never going to agree on the things we don't agree upon. So what can we agree upon? And we can agree that these children are the most precious things that we have brought into this life. So what can we do And knowing that part of me and part of you have created these children, right? So if we can think 
higher level that way instead of doing the micromanage of why my ex-spouse, I hate to use the word hate, but, you know, I hate them, I don't like them, they're this, they're that. And that's what I would say. And I think it, it gives at least people an opportunity to pause and think a little bit. Absolutely. As far as you personally, can you share a little bit about what you went through emotionally and mentally and physically, maybe even as you were making these changes in your life and worrying about your career as well as your children and your home life and all of that? How did that affect you? Well, before you answer that question, I do want to ask, can you share with us how old you were when you got divorced and how long you'd been married? Right. Uh, so I was in my mid forties, early four, yeah, mid forties, and the kids were young. Like I said, the youngest one was only three, so they were three and five. It's kind of starting school, and I think that was part of my thought process. Um, and again, I know folks struggle with the timing. They're like, "Let me wait until the kids are in high school. Kids mm-hmm. are in college." And I went through that exercise as well. And I said, I don't think I can wait that long. I need to resolve this and figure this out now. And I was in the thrux of my career. So my whole focus was being steady in my career so I could take care of my family. Right. And how long had you been married? I had been married um, around 10 years. Okay, so a significant amount of time. And I think that women over a certain age experiencing divorce that's something that you know you've been married for a long time you're not in your 20s you're much older I think that brings a whole other level of concerns and issues to the table when you're considering ending a marriage but I do think that one thing you've mentioned is something that's important to discuss and that is your life is happening now and the idea is to be happy and to be able to show up in the best possible way to support your family. And so as hard of a decision as this is to make, I do think that there is a significant amount of value in saying, I got to do what's best for me so that I can show up in the best possible way for my family. I know that my mother was exponentially happier after she and my father got divorced. So There's value in that. And I think that there's one thing to be said for keeping the environment together for the protection of your children. But don't forget, we've already discussed how sensitive kids are. They're going to know if you're patently unhappy. Right. Exactly. And you know what, Joy, that's a great point. In the decision process that I was making, that's exactly one of the things I thought about. And I talked to Susan about this. I said, I don't want to show my children this is what marriage, a partnership looks like. It wasn't, I wouldn't say like a daily combative. And I know people have those type of domestic situations. My situation wasn't like that. But between the children's sensitivity and as they only grow older, again, to your point, they see a lot more things and know a lot more things than we think that they do. And I just said, I want them to have authentic and compassionate partnerships. And I didn't want this to be the role model. Right, right. Which segues directly into the question Susan asked about your emotional state at that time and how you dealt with it. Yeah, so I, I find lots of value in therapy in general. I think 
our generation of we're about all same age group back when we were in our 20s you know seeking a therapist was like ooh, there was like, a stigma yes yeah huge stigma don't talk about it Ooh, what's wrong with you so i sought traditional therapy first at least three different therapists men and women which kind of got me to a comfortable enough place where i knew this was a decision that i wanted to make uh, the harder part was once things became final. That was actually the emotional part, mm -hmm. and Susan will remember this, because yeah. for the ensuing at least five to eight years afterwards, I couldn't have a conversation. You know, it always escalated into a problem, escalated into an argument, and I'm sure both parties were feeling still there's resentment, guilt, or whatever the normal emotions that are felt. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to be dealing with this person because of our children. I can't feel this way every time there's a text or a, a right. communication or an email. And I said, I can't live like this. And I can't expect them. Again, this is where you have to start to accept that you have to take control of what you can do. Right. I couldn't make him do X, Y, and Z or make him see a therapist, right? I had to do it. So that's when I sought traditional therapy, and when I felt I exhausted those possibilities for what I needed, then this is where I say I kind of embarked on a spiritual journey, and I call it my path to peace. And that is really where we are at a really good place, and we can co-parent as effective adults. And not because I wouldn't say the other party changed too much, I would say that I did what I could do to make this ex-partnership work for the sake of my children and for my sanity too, of course. Pretty profound. Yeah. So Vicki, what were some of the things that you went through to get to that place of peace? Because you're right. I remember having many conversations with you where you just were frustrated and sad and didn't quite know what to do next. And I watched you work through all of this, but I would love to hear you describe what you did to get yourself to that better place where it was workable so that you were both doing what was best for the kids and that that meant you having to understand how you responded to whatever it was that he might have said or done that might have triggered you in some way. What I valued in the traditional therapy is that it taught me how to work through some of the emotions and I don't like this word, but the drama and to get through that. And then when I thought I had that down and we still weren't able to have effective and productive communication without some of these unfavorable emotions. So that's when I thought out, okay, I'm going to seek an alternative here. Oh, where can I go? And Susan had introduced me to somebody and she helped me think about kind of energy, meaning in the sense I was taking on a lot of his energy, his negative energy, whatever things were going on in his life. And then it kind of intertwined with our complicated separation. It all gets very jumbled and it's very hard to differentiate what's kind of your baggage and what's my baggage and what's our baggage. So that kind of practice helped me get through that. And also, I think the key thing I've learned through my spiritual journey is acceptance. And I've learned to accept 
many things that are not out of my control. And I also took a lot of ownership. So I took ownership in why maybe the relationship did not work when we were at a place that we could speak, you know, rationally and as adults. And once I let that go, like the resentment and the blame and, you know, you do this and you did that. Once I let that go, guess what? He was able to let it go. Hmm. Interesting. You know, if you can't, yeah, you can't tell somebody that, like, hey, stop being yeah. mm-hmm. X, Y, stop being a jerk. You know, I mean, how many <laughs> times do you think people are like, stop being a jerk? And it's like, and people are like, well, I'm not being a jerk. You're being a jerk. See, so that roundabout thing, it's like being on a merry-go-round, like, and you never get off of it unless somebody can take responsibility. And that's what I did, I think, first, is I was able to take responsibility and ownership for my part, and then that kind of douses the flames, and then it makes the other person think about, okay, where did I play a part in this? And then everything gets de-escalated to where you can get to ground zero, where now at least your feet are on the ground, and you can work towards something there. Again, when you don't have children, I would assume things are generally less complicated, and you may not even have to deal with this ex-spouse at all. But Again, when you have these children and you want them to be in part of both of your lives for a very long time, hopefully, you got to figure out a way. You got to figure it out. That's something that takes a great deal of introspection to achieve. I really believe that. I think that as we get older and hopefully better, right? That's one of the benefits of getting older is you mature and you begin to see things that trigger you, begin to understand your behaviors, and, and et cetera. But in a Petri dish of divorce where you have children, that is a specific type of growth that if you're able to achieve that, more power to you. I don't know that a lot of people can achieve that kind of growth because it requires such a great deal of introspection. And human nature, in my opinion, involves a certain amount of ego, <laughs> So we tend to go down that path of blame and persecution, basically. So, yeah, that's a very profound thought. And I think if there's anything that we can share with folks out there who are listening that can really help them try to achieve the best possible result in a situation like this, it is that. The ability to be able to look inside yourself and look at yourself with clear and open eyes and move forward because we all know that the only thing you can control is yourself. You can never control anyone else. You can just control your reaction and yourself and how you respond to situations. And so the ability to have that kind of view of yourself, that's pretty good. (laughs) That's pretty impressive. And what I wanted to say too, for those folks that are listening, if you're an athlete at all, okay, you understand the concept of muscle memory. If you can think of your mind as a muscle, and guess what? You wake up every morning and you think the same thoughts. If you wake up every morning and say, my spouse or my partner or my ex-partner is a jerk, guess what? They're going to be a jerk because you have that ingrained in you in that muscle. And until you can say, I'm going to wake up with a different thought, and guess what? You can train yourself to say, Okay, you don't have to say your ex-partner is like, you know, the best person in the world. But you can say, you know what, my ex-partner 
is the mother or father of my child or my children. Mm -hmm. And I love my children. They're compassionate, they're productive children. And I want to continue to raise these type of children. So that has to change your thought, your thought process. And if you can just keep doing that, and it's just like training any muscle, you're not going to develop Superman muscles overnight. It takes time. But you got to practice it. You got to keep practicing. But if you keep waking up and practicing the bad habits, Mm. it will be very, very difficult to change your thinking. And to move on. Mm. Yeah. And to move on, right. Because you can just continue to be stuck in the rut. The other, if you can't tell, I like analogies. The other one I think about is if you're in a, a boat, okay, and you're in a, let's say the ocean, and if you have no oars, I think of the ocean with all its waves, it's at your mind. So if you don't have any oars to be able to navigate the way you want to go, those waves are going to take you wherever they want to. And if you let your mind do that, you don't take control and train your mind to think the way you want to wake up every morning, your mind will take over. And it will toss you around and it'll, it's going to dunk you. It's going to, your boat's going to overturn. You're going to swallow water. It's messy and not fun. So I use like if these tools, whatever tools it is, whether it's the therapy, whether it's reading books, whether it's your social network, people that support you and encourage you, you need those oars because those oars, you can drive it to where you want to go. So you can see the land and that's where I want to go but at least then it's in your control as opposed to being tossed around in those waves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's a great analogy, Vicki. And I, while I know you've been saying mostly and talking mostly about family situations where there's children, I think the advice you've given is great for anybody because to move on after the end of a relationship, the end of a marriage isn't easy for anybody. So taking those steps, I think, is good advice for anyone to be able to move on in a healthy way and possibly find a new relationship someday if that's what you want, right? To just just be happy. Right, Right, to just be happy. And like what the airline attendants say to you on the plane, before you put that mask on somebody else, what do they tell you? You got to put it on yourself first, which means you have to take care of yourself first, whether that's self-care, emotionally, physically, whatever you need to do. And I'm going to pick on our gender, mothers, wives. We do everything. We want to do everything. We have to, we have to be mm-hmm. superwomen. We have to accomplish everything. For and we don't mm-hmm. spend a lot of time for our own self-care, whether that's mentally, physically, or emotionally, or otherwise. And I would say post-divorce, that was one of the key things that I did. Once I decided to get out of the corporate hamster wheel, I'm doing things, I, you know, I painted. I took acting classes. Now I'm trying to do commercials. Joy, you'll appreciate this. I've learned how to do self-tapes, and I have a DSL camera, and I have a tripod, and I've had to tape, and I have to learn to edit my tapes. Very involved with my tennis. I've joined a tennis club. I watch YouTube videos on how to play better doubles. I mean, Mm -hmm. I am just... And then the library. Mm -hmm. I signed up to be the board president, which who does that during COVID, but not selling me did it. (laughs) So I just immerse myself in so many things that make me happy. And that's what matters. And actually, I think that segues into our next 
topic, which is asking you what you feel like you could have done better going through your divorce. Somebody has to be the bigger person up front, yes. right? And if you want to navigate through this the best way, then you take the wheel. And to your question, Joy, I, I really feel, in, uh, you know, I'm, I am patting myself on the back here, but I don't think I would have done anything differently except maybe a little earlier. Mm. You know, I, I think a lot of folks have stayed in relationships. And again, as we said, everyone's situation is different. We're not judging it or blaming it. It's just... I think people stay in something in a very unhappy or unfavorable situation for much, much longer than they anticipate. And the sooner you can think about it, it doesn't mean you have to make a rash decision, but you have a plan. How am I going to work through this? And again, I'm not saying it's easy. And of course, you're going to have ex-partners. You're going to have your partner that's going to be very, very difficult. That's going to make life difficult. Doesn't want to end the relationship, whatnot. And, of course, potentially worse situations. But generally speaking, I just felt like I waited a little too long. And then I was even thinking, well, maybe I can hang on longer, again, for the sake of the children. But when I thought about for the sake of the children, I decided let's do this earlier rather than later. I do feel like you kind of know. You have an internal compass that tells you. Mm Mm-hmm what you, you're going to have to do. And sometimes it's hard to listen to that. Yeah. So that's true in many situations. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And Susan and I will confirm this as well. Whoever your network is, whether that is your family or your closest friends, again, it's scary because if you want the truth, you will ask them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have to be brave enough to say, you know, I really want what you really think. And that's your support system. And again, that that was another thing I was going to say in general for folks. Make sure you keep up with your, again, busy lives, work, job, dog, house, kids. I see folks who have not kept up with their network or their relationships. And then when you need, you need support. You need someone to talk to, people who care about you, people who care about your welfare or your family. That's when you need them, but you can't call them after you haven't talked to somebody for five years or just kind of disappeared. So I encourage that with my sons right now. Just keep up with your network because you never know when you'll need them. Mm. And you want to be there for them so that way when you need them, they can be your support system. And I think those are the people who care and know you the best if it's too scary to kind of face that truth yourself. But to your point, joy that compass is there i think people want to ignore it it's easier to ignore yeah until you get to this point where it's now the glass tipped over and now there's shards of glass all over like it's too bad like i didn't know to kind of do something before the glass fell off and now there's glass all over the place and it's even messier to clean up yep i agree with that that's an excellent piece of advice Build those relationships, nurture them, maintain them, because they can be lifesavers. They really can. And life extenders. Mm-hmm. Vicki, what do you think about moving on and having another relationship, possibly getting remarried? And are there any pieces of advice that you can give 
to step into those next relationships in a better way? Yeah, that's a, another excellent topic. I think the key is for you to get involved. And, and what I did, I had one key relationship after my divorce many, many years. And when that ended, I would say it was within five days. I signed up for acting classes. I started painting. I just went all out. Maybe I even went overboard. But my point is, all the things that I said I haven't been able to do that I'm remotely interested in, I just put myself in there. And because A, it made me feel good about myself, okay? B, it does kind of distract you from the upheaval and emotional upheaval of having a relationship end. And it just kept you busy, not occupied, busy to be passionate about learning. Learning is a great thing too. Learn a language, learn cooking. Everything is online now. You can go to a live class. You can go to a hybrid class. There's so many things to do and learn out there. And this is the time to do it. And instead of waking up again every morning saying, oh, I don't, I'm not in a relationship. I don't have my partner. My partner broke up with me. And just wake up and seize the day and just find something. And And you don't have to stick with it forever. Like I haven't painted in years, Sue. But when I first painted, you should see the things I painted. I, I'm like, I can't believe I painted that. I've never painted before. I went on YouTube and hung out with Bob Ross, and Bob taught me how to paint <laughs> my first ones, and I love them. They're I, great. I have one framed in my bedroom. Yeah, they're but beautiful. But I haven't, I haven't painted in years now. But the point is, it's a distraction, and it made me feel good about myself. And I think that's part of the self-care, the emotional self-care. Just jump into something. Just do it. Put yourself in a situation where there's a lot of socialization, you meet new people, and it just helps your whole well-being. I think we could talk again about your dating experiences. I've heard a little bit about that from Susan. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think that what you're saying is to get happy and to be your best possible self. And I'm of the mindset that being your best possible self, that leads to the opportunity to have a relationship where that person is going to rise to meet you where you're at and can lead to the best possible relationships in your life. So I think that that's what I hear from you. You've made yourself happy and now have moved on to a satisfying relationship. And I think that's the key takeaway in terms of moving forward from divorce into your next chapter. And exactly, Joy, the difference for me being a more mature woman is a lot of the societal pressures, when you get married, when you're going to move in, when you have children, when you get the dog, you know, all those type of things don't apply to me. And actually, quite honestly, at this point, even if I were 15, 20 years younger than I am now, because of this spiritual path that I had described to you that I've gone on, I don't care what people think anymore. I just want to do things for myself. So in the relationship that I'm in now, it's super wonderful because I have not put all my eggs in their basket, oh, which is what is. I had to do. All the eggs, emotional, otherwise, I was doing everything mm-hmm. for them. And that's, that's, again, no blame or judgment on them. I, I put myself in that situation. I don't do that anymore. I think of me first. And then if it kind of works out that 
it's something that I do like for our partnership, then I will. And of course, there's some things that you do for the person, but I don't put all those eggs in that basket anymore. Well, I do think we're socially conditioned to that, but that's a whole other topic. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But that's really me, and I would highly recommend for folks who want to seek another relationship. And I love the online dating. I've never done it before, but there's new apps out there that are very female-friendly, sorry for our male audiences, but that are female-friendly, kind of puts the ladies in charge. And for me, it's been a great experience. And that's the other thing, too. You have to enjoy the experience. Because it's like going to an amusement park. If you don't like the roller coasters, you're not going to go on the roller coasters. But you have to enjoy going on the roller coaster. So you have to have the intention of, I want to experience this journey. And not worry about the outcome. Even if your outcome is, I want to get married again. I want to have a child with a new partner. I want to live with somebody. Uh, I want emotional stability. Whatever that is. If we cannot worry so much about what that final outcome is and just enjoy what it is. And that way that relieves a lot of pressure on you because if you're just, let's say, experiencing the journey and you don't enjoy it, then that's okay. Then you just bow out or you take a break. I'll go back to painting or I'll go back to doing some other things and then maybe I'll come back to it again. Or in the meantime, maybe I'll meet somebody else. So I think, again, just the experience. Just try to enjoy the experience. I think is something that would really help. Well, life is supposed to be fun, isn't it? Life should be fun. It is. Yeah. <laughs> that's it why is. we should. That's why we should all be trying yeah. to do. Have mm-hmm. fun. Absolutely. All right. That's a lot to think about and digest. And I think it's going to be very helpful for women who are thinking about how to proceed in yeah. whatever situation they find themselves in. Thank you, Vicki, yes, for sharing you. your journey mm-hmm. and how you managed to go through this with as I said before such grace and peace because I watched you do it and I know there were times where it wasn't always easy but you never gave up and you always looked for the best outcome for you and for the boys and quite honestly even for Matt so I have a lot of respect for how you chose to handle your situation and I hope that your advice today can help other people. Thanks so much, ladies. Yeah, it means a lot to me, Susan. Thank yeah. you so much. All right. Well, I love you, honey. And thanks again for joining thank us. Thank you so much. And right, thank you, gals. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Girlish Gurus. We hope you'll join us next time for a new, interesting, and fun topic. Be sure to check the description of this episode for any links or information about the episode's topics and to find us on our social media platforms. And don't forget to download this episode, give it a good review, and share it with your girlfriends. The more interaction we get, the more episodes we can post. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.